Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Thursday morning or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azarin, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazarin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. Let's start things off with a bit of a follow-up from yesterday's podcast. Yesterday, it was evening time when I was recording the podcast. And I was saying that the weather has been getting colder in Calgary. And I was crossing my fingers and I asked Mother Nature to really allow the cold weather to stay away at least until, you know, end of October, early November. However, Mother Nature so far has not listened. When I woke up this morning, I talked to the people who are working in our home, who are doing the, the plumbing and the, and the kitchen renovations and all of that. And they were like, man, I even saw some snowflakes outside. And I was like, no, snowflakes, that's not good. I checked the weather and sure enough, it was just below freezing temperatures today. It's not snowing. I'm looking around right now. There's no snow. I don't think it's going to snow. Crossing my fingers, I'm hoping. But let's just say that the weather did not get any warmer and it moved in the wrong direction overnight. I wish it got warmer, but it actually got colder. And so I'm a little bit... A little bit unhappy. And one thing I hadn't thought through fully was how I was planning on doing my podcasts and my videos when the weather does get much colder. Because right now what I will do is I'll sit in my car and I'll turn the car off and I'll record a podcast, I'll record some videos, I'll I'll do my work in the car and that's just typically how I do it. I like the sound quality in the car, I like that I have privacy, I like that I can sit here and I, I can get in the zone. I really like the the feeling of recording things from my car. But when it's minus 20 outside, I don't I can't turn the car off. I mean, I can turn the car off, but I'm going to freeze. <laughs> so we might need to either find a completely different solution for when the weather gets a lot colder or I will need to just freeze for half an hour while I record the stuff that I want to record. That is always an option as well. Um, I'm not someone who, who likes to let my car run for a while. So one thing that people will sometimes do in the winter in Calgary is if it's very cold outside, they will let their car, they'll leave their car on and they'll let it run for five, 10, 15 minutes to warm up before they start driving. I don't really like to do that. First of all, because I feel like it's a waste of gas. I feel like it's a waste of time as well. I think it's not good for the environment as well. Um, but also I honestly just feel like the car warms up faster when you drive it. And so I'd rather just sit in my car, turn it on and go. The only exception would be sometimes in this car, I have a a standard car, like a manual transmission car that I have to shift the gears with my hand and it's not automatic. And sometimes if it's really, really cold, the transmission kind of freezes. And if I start driving right away, I can feel the gear shift kind of not running smoothly and I could feel it not being good for the car. And so sometimes on those kinds of days, I will let it, um, I will let my car run for a bit before driving just so I don't break it. 
Um, and same thing with the, with the, with the, um, with the gas pedal and the brake pedal. Similar thing kind of happens that sometimes can get really sticky if it is extremely cold outside. So that is the one exception. I will let the car run then, um, but generally speaking, I, I don't. So there's our quick follow-up to yesterday. There's our weather update, which is interesting because I have not been doing weather updates lately in Calgary because it's just been very not noteworthy weather. But now it's starting to get more noteworthy and there's stuff to talk about. So maybe the weather update will come back. <laughs> the people who follow this podcast for a while, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. As of like last year, I used to do all those weather updates, but I don't do them anymore. Anyway, let's jump into today's podcast topic, which is a bit of a news flash. And the news flash is that I, Azrin, the language nerd, who talks about languages so much, who spends his whole every, like every waking hour, well, not every waking hour, but many waking hours on language learning and teaching languages and talking about languages, thinking about languages, me, Azrin, is not a language learning expert. <gasps> Gasp! Dun dun dun! Um, <laughs> I, I know I'm saying it like I'm joking, but I'm, I'm actually very serious about this. I do not consider myself to be a language learning expert. And the reason for that is, well, there's a few reasons. First and foremost, I'm 26. I, I think it's very difficult for a 26 year old to be an expert in anything. I think it's very difficult. There are some people who are, who are 26 and they are experts in something, they really know it well. But to be honest, my definition of being an expert in something is not necessarily to be extremely skilled in something. In other words, if you are an extremely skilled um, you know, volleyball player or an extremely skilled musician or an extremely skilled whatever, I consider that to be extremely skilled. I don't necessarily, in my brain, I don't quantify that as an expert. Because no matter how good you are, if you keep working on your craft and you keep trying to get better, over time, you are going to become even better. And so, even if, you know, myself, let's look at me, I speak many languages. I have been really focused on languages for, I would say, about 10, 11 years now, where I've really liked languages, I've put an active focus towards it, I speak many languages, I've been teaching now for quite some time, I've really been going hard at languages for about two years now, where it's been like my life, where it's my work, it's my podcast, it's, my, it's what I teach, it's like all I do. Like, yes, I've spent many hours in the field of language learning. And yes, I've spent many hours at it. Yes, I know a lot. And perhaps compared to the average Joe, sure, one could make the argument that Azrin, you know so much about it, you are an expert. But in my mind, I am, I don't know, man. Like, I just know when I look back at some of my old content, like old content from 2012, or when I think about things I believed or things I thought, when I was like 16, 10 years ago, like there were certain things that I was just wrong about. There's certain things that I thought I was right and I was wrong. Or there were certain things that I was right about, but there was so much more to the story than what I thought. And I just find it really hard to call myself an expert today because if I keep chipping away 10 years and keep getting better at language learning and I keep learning more and getting better and improving, What's going to happen when I'm 36? I'm going to look back at 26 and be like, 
wow, Azrin, you thought blah, 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 blah when you're 26. You are actually not fully right because I've now learned better. I've realized more that, oh, there's actually this involved. Oh, that's not exactly how it is. It's more like this. Hell, even if you go through my current two years of content, there's been changes. There have definitely been things where I said one thing two years ago, and then my opinion has gradually kind of changed. One thing I've actually been thinking of doing, if I had more time and I, and I felt it was more of a priority, a fantastic thing that I could be doing that would be really, really interesting and really valuable is as a throwback Thursday every single week, I pull up an old video or an older piece of content and I update my thoughts. So I go, hey, in 2016, on January 1st, 2016, I said this. Here's what I think today on September 13th, 2016, or 2018. Here's what I think. I agree with blah, 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 blah. But I've changed my perspective. And now I think that what I said in 2016 is not fully true because of blah, 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 blah. Does that make sense? And so this, as I'm saying all of this, as I'm talking this out, I can almost hear the question in some people's minds of, well, Azarin, hang on a second. If you're not an expert, why should anyone actually listen to you? Why? And like, it's a very valid question, right? I think some people come to me with their language questions. They want to know things. I, you know, there's people that will come to me for help and advice. And the question becomes, well, if you're not an expert, why shouldn't I talk to someone who's more experienced than you? Why shouldn't I talk to, you know, let's look at Steve Kaufman, for example. He's like, theoretically, I don't actually know too, too much about his backstory around language learning. But Steve Kaufman, for example, I think has a lot more experience than me within with with learning languages. He speaks more languages than me. He has definitely spent more time with languages than me. I think he's done more research than me. Same with like Stephen Krashen, Dr. Stephen Krashen. He's definitely done more research than me and really spent more time with language learning than I have. Why wouldn't you go to them? Why wouldn't you ask them for help? Why, why come to Azarin? Why ask Azarin the language nerd? And it's a funny question because in some respects, in some respects, I do think that there are people who, who maybe know more than me, perhaps. Um... And, and I do think there's, and when I think about it, I, I can definitely see a side and get a little, and be a little bit humble and say that, yeah, I get it. Like, I, I, I understand that. Like, maybe I'm not the best person to ask. Maybe, maybe, like, I don't know, right? And only time will tell. I think as I get more experience, I'll figure it out. But I still know a lot. And I think that's kind of where my head goes is I still know a lot about language learning. Um, I really know a lot, guys. I know a lot. Even though I don't consider myself an expert today because I think it's very difficult for 20... I think experience allows you to build and get better. You know, I still think there's so much value I can bring, especially because I know one thing I, I really have and I pride myself on this like crazy. I, I'm very... I feel very comfortable boasting about this and talking about this publicly. But boy... I, I'm really close to the ground. What I mean by that is I am, I'm really close to language learners because I teach so many and I work with so many. I run weekly, like various weekly events for language learners to practice and learn. I see so many things firsthand. 
I see language learning, language learners struggling with something. I can see physically myself see the effects of when I try this teaching strategy, I can see physically with my own eyes how people are reacting to it. I see your DMs. I answer everybody's message, like or 99.9% of people's messages. I answer 99.9%, as many, almost virtually every comment that ever comes through, like a very little slips through the cracks, very little, every email, every tweet, every everything. Like I, I, I'm so, I, I'm, I'm so, I, I'm observing language learners' problems and the strategies are trying and how it's working firsthand. And I'm doing it at scale. I'm doing so much of it. Not to mention, I'm extremely introspective about my own language learning experiences. And I watch your reactions. When I share a piece of advice, I watch your reactions to that piece of advice and I learn from the reactions. Some people will say, you know, Azrin, I tried something like that and I, it, it didn't fully work because blah, 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 blah. And I'll be like, oh yeah, that's a good point. Right, right, good point. Yes, I didn't think of that. Or the opposite. Yes, Azrin, I tried that too and it really worked. I can go, oh, cool. That worked for me. It's worked for someone else. It's worked for, oh, cool, interesting. People will send me studies sometimes. Sometimes followers send me studies and the study will back up something I said. Or sometimes a study contradicts what I said. And I'll be like, oh, interesting. The study contradicts it. Hmm, am I wrong or is the study wrong? <laughs> or like, is there something in between? What's going on? I am, I, I don't know if this is true, but I think it's true. I think I am probably one of the most, if not the, 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 the person who is the closest and who's observing firsthand language learning challenges and yeah, observing, observing them and trying to figure them out, for, figure out how to solve language learning challenges, not by doing, not by reading research, but by reading people and seeing things firsthand with people. And I don't know, I, I, take, I take pride in that. It, it, kind, it kind of makes me think about um, when you think of a big company. I was talking to someone recently who works, uh, works at a large company. I won't say which company, but they work at a large company. And the, the large company right now is trying to win a specific award that's in their industry. And as a result, the, the, the executives in the company, what they're doing is they are, um, they're having some of the ground employees, some of the lower, like some of the, employ the employees that talk the most with their customers, right? They're having those employees make changes in order to win this award. But the funny thing is that the people, these employees who are talking to the customers, they're like the changes that the upper management is making don't actually impact the customer. The customer doesn't care. The customer cares about that the service is slow or that this is happening. Like there's complete, like, there's a complete disconnect between what upper management thinks they need to change and what customers actually care about. And so upper management, what they're doing is they're doing surveys. They're looking at the re the quote unquote research and the quote unquote statistics and gross big numbers to make decisions. And that obviously leads to a disconnect. And it's not the most effective way to not, it's not always the most effective way to do things. I think there is some value in looking at the research and understanding the big picture. There's absolutely, absolutely value in that. But there is equal value in being right close to the ground and talking to the end of the chain, the end of the line, talking to, in this big company's case, spending time with the actual end consumer. In my case, 
spending lots of time with the language learner themselves and not necessarily reading the study. Yes, the study is value. I want to make sure I'm clear. There's tons of value in it. Absolutely. I probably should be reading more research and actually learning more. I read one language learning book and it really benefited me. One. I've only read one ever. Isn't that crazy? Um, and it really benefited me. So I absolutely could. I should. It would help me to be doing more for sure. But man, do I learn a lot. Like you have no. It's, it's difficult for me to quantify the insights I get just by interacting with literally. I'm going to give you a number here. I would say. A hundred language learners a week. Think about that. That's nuts. The data you gather from that. It's ridiculous. Like a hundred. I'm, I'm, I don't. Yeah, that's got to be right. A hundred's got to be right. Like I probably work with. I probably teach. Let's say. Eight, I don't know. Eight people a day. Five. Four to eight people a day. Something like that. And then I probably get at least. At least. I would say. I don't know. Like. 10 messages a day, something like that, 5, 10, 15, 20, 5 to 20 messages a day. I run weekly events where there's like anywhere between 10 attendees all the way up to 100 attendees at one single event, like that are all learning languages. I interact with all of them like, geez Louise. So anyway, I'm going on a tangent. I don't even know if this podcast was useful for anyone. It's just me kind of processing some of my own thoughts. But I guess the punchline here is Azrin, me, I don't know why I'm talking about myself in the third person, but me, Azrin, the language nerd, I really know a lot about language learning and I am Azrin, the language nerd. I don't necessarily think I'm quite yet Azrin, the language expert, because I think expert status in something, even if from day one, you are a, a god and you are amazing at that thing, if, even if you're amazing on day one, the amazingness you're going to have on day 10 million is, is, is something you're not even going to be able to quantify. It's something you'll look at day one and be like, I was a nothing burger. I was a nothing burger. I knew nothing on day one. Like, look at me now. Like, yes, I was skilled. Yes, I had raw talent. Yes, I had raw skills. Yes, the environment was conducive. My environment was conducive to me learning languages, guys. I grew up with three. I grew up with English and French. French at school, English with obviously in Canada. I live in Canada. I grew up with Gujarati. I started Spanish when I was young. I had the opportunity to go abroad when I was 15. I had the opportunity to, I've had the opportunity to, to study linguistics in a university. I've had the opportunity to go to China. I've had the opportunity to so many opportunities. I had the gift of just having a good ear by DNA because my dad's side of the family is such a good musical ear. I had that gift. I, I wasn't, I didn't do anything about that. I had the gift of being in music when I was in junior high, high school, getting that ear training. I had the gift of so many things, right? And on top of that, now the work ethic I put into it, like I've, I have the interest for it and like, and I'm really good. I'm super strong. I'm so worth listening to in my, in my perspective. But man, when I'm 36, when I'm 46, when I'm 56, when I'm 66, if I'm still doing this language thing at that point, maybe I will, maybe I won't, who the hell knows? But man, when I'm 66, that's, that's like, that's like th two more lifetimes for me based on what I've lived so far. Basically two lifetimes. Like, like I hope, I hope, I mean, and maybe, and who knows, we'll find out over time. Maybe I'm already onto something. Maybe I've already figured out everything there is to figure out, which is probably not true. But maybe that is true. I don't think so, but it could be. Anyway, but it's probably not true. And when I'm 66, I'm going to be looking back at these. I'm probably going to make videos or whatever, however we're watching things at the time. 
I'm probably gonna make these videos that like pull up stuff I said when I was in my 20s and be like, wow, you were really onto something, Azrin? But I now have such a deeper understanding. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, I don't even know if this is 20 minute podcast is worth listening to for you guys. It's such a internal Azarin kind of, these are the kinds of thoughts I have when I'm just kind of walking around by myself. <laughs> so that's kind of what I did in this podcast. Um, hope you enjoyed it. A little bit different than normal. And we will talk later. Bye for now.